Manitoba authorizes immunization cards, a church in Manitoba could be fined up to $1 million and there was a handful of accidental deaths in Manitoba. This and more on the Manitoba Freethinker Podcast. Welcome back to the show, everybody. I hope you guys are all having a wonderful day as always. And in the big news of the day, in case you didn't watch the news conference, is Manitoba will be issuing immunization cards. Uh, Brian Pallister held a press conference today to announce the arrival of immunization cards which will be obtainable to Manitobans who have had both doses and have waited 14 days after the second shot. Pallister claimed that this card will enable Manitobans who travel interprovincial to not have to self-isolate for the 14 days upon arrival, and it would allow visitors to go to senior centers and old folks' homes. Pallister claims that these cards are a temporary measure and stressed the fact that he wants to see a higher percentage of Manitobans get the vaccination, both doses. Um, But he did indicate later this week that new restrictions will be unveiled and there will be benefits to those Manitobans who have had both shots. So... After talking about the uh, uh, immunization card, Pallister was asked multiple times if the government was going to allow Manitobans to go to government-controlled facilities with these cards, uh, such as museums or casinos, or attend other large gatherings such as the Winnipeg Gold Eyes or the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And typical Pallister fashion, on both occasions, he avoided answering the question, and instead just reiterated the fact that all Manitobans should go get vaccinated. He was also asked how these cards are going to be enforced. For example, if someone was to go to Saskatchewan or Ontario and not come in contact with any health officials and not contact COVID-19, they could just come back to Manitoba and go to work. And... Pallister's response was that Manitoba will continue to issue tickets and enforcers will be out continuing to enforce. Uh, But Manitoba is relying heavily on the honor system and wants Manitobans to follow the spirit of the order. So even though Pallister didn't answer this question like he so often does, he just avoids the question. He usually just answers a different question. Uh, It did make me happy that a reporter did ask what kind of care was taken into looking at the constitutionality around issuing these immunization cards and whether or not it's just another infringement on our rights. And like I said, obviously Pallister didn't answer that question. He's not going to answer any legal question regarding an order that he's implementing. Um, But Pallister ended the conference reminding Manitobans that there will be another conference coming unveiling a reopening plan. Again, 
hinting at the fact there will be additional benefits for Manitobans who have gotten both shots. So also Manitoba released its daily COVID-19 bulletin. And according to the release, unfortunately, there two were two, sorry, unfortunately, there were two more additional deaths. There were 234 new cases identified with a test rate positivity at 12%. 3,836 active cases and 48,238 have recovered. 336 Manitobans are hospitalized with COVID-19 here and in other provinces. 104 of those Manitobans are in ICU, 68 of them being in Manitoba, 33 being in Ontario, one in Saskatchewan, and one in Alberta. So we are continuing to send our ICU patients to other provinces, and I feel like it's not going to stop anytime soon, seeing, seeing how they're is a nurse shortage and doctors and nurses are warning Manitoba that we do have a major nurse shortage. And this is also in the middle of them voting to go on strike. So this is not going to help. But with the weekly or sorry, with the daily COVID-19 update, they also released the weekly enforcement update. And at least it wasn't as bad as it was last week. There were a total of 219 warnings and 131 tickets were issued for the week of May 31st to June 6th. So if you guys remember last week, there were 167 tickets. So it's come down a little bit. But 124 of those tickets were for $1,296. Five of the tickets were for $298.00. And one was for $5,000 to a business. That brings the total for the week to 167000 And it brings the total amount fines issued since April 2020 to just over $2.4 million. Now what gets me the most is the fact that they admit that they are going to continue their and focus their efforts on Manitobans gathering in private residence and outdoors. And they also note that 116 of the 124 tickets issued to individuals were in relation to just that. They also claim that they are continuing to investigate several large gatherings and rallies and expect additional charges. So the other big thing about the enforcement update is enforcement officials have sworn in information under the legislation to the Church of God restoration in the RM of Hanover. And the court will decide the amount of the fine, which could go as high as $1 million. So this is, um, in case you're not aware, because they repeatedly go against the health orders and continue to hold church services, which they have my 100% respect and support but just so you Manitobans know that uh, when they say they've sworn an information information is the formal criminal charge which begins a criminal proceedings in the courts in Canada charges under the criminal code are either by summary process or by indictment and both these types of charges will begin with an information 
So an information must be sworn by the informant, who is normally a peace officer. The informant then must lay the information before a justice of the peace. The information must contain an allegation that an offense has been committed within the territorial jurisdiction of the justice of the peace. The justice of the peace is then required to review the information and determine if process should issue under the criminal code for the arrest of the individual. If the matter is a summary matter, the information is then laid before the court within jurisdiction to hear the charges, usually the provincial court, and the matter will proceed directly to trial. In indictable matters, the information is laid before a judge of the provincial court for the purpose of a preliminary inquiry, which is a hearing to determine if the Crown Prosecutor has demonstrated that there is enough evidence to support the charges in the information. If the preliminary preliminary inquiry judge rules that the Crown Prosecutor has satisfied this standard, the court commits the accused to stand trial. The Crown Prosecutor then files an indictment, which is the formal charges to begin the trial, normally in the Superior Trial Court. Okay, so there you go. The term, just so you know, the term information is also used for other purposes in the criminal code, such as applications to obtain a search warrant. A peace officer who is seeking a search warrant must file a sworn information before a justice of the peace, outlining the reasons in support of a search warrant. So, uh, not only is that happening with the uh, Church of God, the pastor of that church, Pastor Tobias Tyson, who has also been fined numerous times under the ongoing health restrictions, has a warrant out for his arrest. So, and in a move that I have mad respect for, he said that he was going to make it hard for the RCMP and he was not going to turn himself into police. Um, he did report last Sunday. They did have an un- uninterrupted service. Uh, well, at least uninterrupted by police. Uh, he claims that the, he, well, his church was caught up in the power outage over the weekend. But other than that, um, he said his uh, service went uninterrupted by uh, police. But I think it's pretty safe to say with the new, uh, this new announcement with immunization cards coming from Pallister, uh, there's definitely going to be an increase in rallies and protests. Uh, I, I could see it already. But there you have it. 2021. You could legally smoke weed, but your mom can't come over and visit you. And here in Manitoba, we're trying to jail our pastors for holding church services. It's unreal times we live in, and our premier keeps going on and on and on, that if we want our freedoms back, our constitutional rights and freedoms, then we have to bend the knee. So, just in case you're not aware, though, Manitoba has been taken to court uh, back in December of 2020 over the constitutionality of the lockdowns and restrictions, and whether or not Dr. Brent Rusin, who is our Chief Provincial Public Health Officer, even has the legal rights to issue uh, 
these um, lockdowns and restrictions. So the JCCF, which is stands for the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms, is representing the Gateway Bible Baptist Church, Pemina Valley Baptist Church, Redeeming Grace Bible Church, Grace Covenant Church, Slavic Baptist Church, Christian Church of Morden, Bible Baptist Church, Thomas Rempel, and Tobias Tyson, who is the pastor, obviously, of the Church of Restoration of God. So back um, in December of 2020, this was filed. Uh, the Justice Center has filed a legal action in the Court of Queen's Bench challenging sections of the Public Health Act and orders made by Manitoba's Chief Public Health Officer, Dr. Brent Rusin, to end the violation of Manitoba's Charter's freedoms. The Justice Center represents seven churches. I just mentioned all of them. Um, and a couple ministers. Um, the Justice Center filed a lawsuit. The ju- sorry, the Justice Center's filed lawsuit alleges that orders under Public Health Act of Manitoba are outside of the authority of Manitoba because lawmaking is in the exclusive jurisdiction of the legislator. The lawsuit also states that Manitoba lockdowns measures are not justified violations of the Charter Protected Freedoms of Conscious, Religious, Religion, uh, Expression, and Peaceful Assembly. The action also contends that Manitoba and Dr. Rusin failed to consider the collateral, social, and health costs of locking down society. The lawsuit claims that PCR tests, uh, the tool used to diagnose COVID-19 in Manitoba, produces unreliable and misleading data, and that Manitoba and Dr. Rusin knew or ought to have known of this unreliability. The legal action in Manitoba follows legal action filed against Alberta government on December 4, 2020. Um, the Justice Center has been inundated with hundreds of emails from people in Manitoba who are being financially ruined by lockdowns, suffering harm to mental health, losing their businesses, unable to see their elderly parents, and are being denied critical ca- health care for conditions other than COVID-19. The government has told stores what they can sell and restricted the sale of items that Dr. Rusin has deemed non-essential. Dr. Rusin has stated that pursuant to the public health orders, only household members are allowed indoor or outdoor on Manitoban's own properties. Yeah, this is coming back from, like I said, December of 2020. I emailed the JCCF to find out if there were any dates set out for the judge to give his ruling on the case uh, because closing arguments took place in mid of 2021, so just last month. Um, They did have the closing arguments. And the JCCF did reply back to me saying that they have actually no additional information on any date set. It's completely up to the judge and it could take even up to a year even though there is all this talk about the constitutionality and 
how much legal rights Dr. Rusin has. Um, we're not going to get an answer. I'm assuming until all of this is done and over with. I don't think a judge is going to, especially here in Manitoba, is going to be the one judge that overturns lockdowns when worldwide they haven't been overturned. So I don't, I'm not going to hold my breath for that. And then it makes you wonder, like, what is even our constitutional freedoms, rights and freedoms? What does it mean if if they're they're not even upheld in court? So it just makes me wonder. For the time being, I just live my life. I don't attend any rallies, but I also definitely don't stay locked down. And I have friends and family over all the time. Okay, as I take a look at other news coming out of Manitoba today, um, it's man, it seems like the curse of three. Manitoba RCMP investigating three separate collisions that left three people dead. And on top of it, three people drowned in Manitoba waterways on Friday. So it has not been a good weekend for some Manitobans out there. Uh, from CTV News, uh, the Manitoba RCMP officers are investigating three separate collisions that took place in the span of three days that left three people dead. Uh, the first collision took place around 9.15 on June 3rd in Grand Marais. Mounties received a report of an off-road vehicle collision on June 5th. According to police, the collision took place on Fay Road when a 79-year-old Winnipeg man lost control of the off-road vehicle he was driving, and it rolled. He was taken to the hospital with life-threatening injuries and died on June 4th. Then around 1 p.m. on June 4th, RCMP officers responded to a three-vehicle collision on Highway 3 in the arm of Stanley. Police said through their preliminary investigation... They've determined that a semi-trailer traveling south collided with a semi-trailer headed north. Mounties said the collision caused the northbound vehicle to collide with an SUV. The northbound semi-trailer and SUV went into a ditch and caught fire. The, a 65-year-old man, Winnipeg man who was driving the SUV was pronounced dead at the scene. His passenger, a 63-year-old Winnipeg woman, was taken to the hospital with non-life-threatening injuries. A 40-year-old man from Carmen who was driving a northbound semi-trailer sustained minor injuries. And the 53-year-old Winnipeg man who was driving the southbound trailer was not hurt. Uh, RCMP officers and the criminal collision investigation team and a forensics reconstructionist are investigating the crash. And the third collision that took place uh, happened at... 12 a.m. on June 5th in the arm of Swan Valley. Mountie said a vehicle was driving north on Highway 10 when it hit a pedestrian. The driver, a 52-year-old woman, stopped at the scene and called 911. Uh, the pedestrian, a 42-year-old man from Swan River, was pronounced dead at the scene. And Mounties, the criminal collision investigation, and the forensic reconstructionists are investigating. So that's been a pretty rough weekend on the highways. Speaking of uh, that, MPI funds 
speed enforcement program on rural roads. Uh, there has apparently been an increase, a 51% increase in speed-related serious driving offenses, uh, MPI claims, in the first five months of 2021. So because of all these uh, speeding uh, tickets and all these crap, I mean, man, there's been a lot of crashes recently. But uh, MPI um, is going to fund, uh, sorry, the funding from MPI will allow eight rural police agencies to conduct dedicated enforcement campaigns aimed primarily at speeding motors this month and uh, continuing to fall. Their participating agencies are Morden, Altona, Rivers, Winkler, Springfield, St. Anne, Manitoba First Nations, Police, and Arm of Cornwallis. So they will also be enforcing other provincial offenses like non-seatbelt use, impaired driving, distracted driving, driving without insurance, and driving while disqualified or suspended. So, there you go. Police are going to be enforcing our roadways coming up. And like I said earlier, the other bit of bad news coming in threes are the three people, unfortunately, that drowned in Manitoba waterways on Friday. Uh, This from CBC News. There were three drownings in Manitoba on Friday. A teenager went under while swimming in Lake Manitoba. A man out with his family slipped and fell into the Whitemouth River. And another man didn't make it back to shore from a swim in Reynolds Pond. RCMP said three separate... Sorry, RCMP said in three separate news releases. RCMP were called to Lake Manitoba near the Portage Diversion around 7.10 p.m., Friday, after a 17-year-old went under while swimming, police believe he was swimming with friends and he'd entered the water from Delta Beach. He slipped off a sandbar into deeper water, was pulled east by the current, and went under. The teen's friend got him to shore, and a bystander did CPR until paramedics arrived. When police arrived, the teen was unconscious and was pronounced dead at the scene. And in another one, another drowning... A 39-year-old man from Winnipeg was with his family when he slipped on the rocks and fell into the Whitemouth River in eastern Manitoba, RCMP said. Mounties were called to the river at the Elma Bridge Crossing, about 90k east of Winnipeg, at about 3.30 p.m. People tried to get the man out of the, out of the water when he fell, but a bystander, uh, sorry, a bystander launched a canoe and then eventually got him to shore. When the police arrived, CPR was being done on the man, but he was also pronounced dead at the scene. And the third drowning came from a 24-year-old man who was swimming with two friends at Reynolds Pond near Richard, Manitoba. Uh, He went under, never resurfaced, after he tried to swim out to an island. RCMP were called around 7 p.m. and were told that the man was swimming with two friends and tried to swim to a small island about 100 yards from the shore, but turned back. He went under the water on his way back and never resurfaced. Boaters who were in the area began searching and police joined them, but the man wasn't found. The next day, the RCMP underwater recovery team went looking for the 24-year-old man with an underwater remote-operated vehicle and the man was found dead. 
The Canadian Red Cross says people should be aware of the risks when they swim or boat in Manitoba. Often we know or we are slightly familiar with the area, but we aren't truly informed of the hazards. Those can be hidden below the surface of the water, whether it's current, temperatures, debris. It's really important to take the time to look into what you're dealing with, said Lynn Colbo, the Red Cross's swimming and water safety representative for Manitoba, Northern Ontario, and Nunavut. Uh, sometimes people downplay those risks in the prairie, she said. People associate currents with the ocean and riptides, and we sometimes forget that we have serious undertoes in Manitoba, not just in rivers and streams and creeks, but in our lakes, Kolba said. Other, other times, people downplay the risk because they feel they're strong swimmers. Uh, drowning does not discriminate. So that's a whole bunch of bad news coming out of Manitoba. And to end off the show with more bad news, why not? Montreal Canadiens sweep the Winnipeg Jets 3-2 in overtime to move on to round three. So that's right, Manitoba. On top of all the bad news, on top of all the restrictions, on top of the lockdowns, on top of the immunization cards being issued to Manitoba now, the Winnipeg Jets got eliminated. So now what? Now we have to wait for the CFL. But other than that, Manitoba, I think that's going to do it for me today. If you enjoyed the show, please like, share, subscribe, do all that good stuff that helps the show. If you didn't like the show, then send it to someone that you don't like and I'll bug them for a half hour. Other than that, thank you very much and I'll check you guys tomorrow. Tomorrow.